I was at the train station and walked past a poster that read, Have you seen this man? Characteristics unknown. Height unknown. Name unknown. This is the father of a missing child. How are you to solve a case? What's more, convict someone of murder when there is no evidence and the clues depicted lead investigators down a blind alley? Darcy Helen Rose and this is episode 11 of Carlton Input. Today's topic is all about the DNA database and DNA profiling and why we couldn't use it to solve the case on Kelly Lane. The missing child named Tegan Lane was reported missing three days after birth in 1996. Kelly Lane was convicted of the murder of this child in 2011 and sentenced to 18 years of jail time. Today, Tegan Lane would be 22 years old and Kelly Lane is still convinced that she is alive and well somewhere. The big question is, why couldn't forensic scientists and investigators use the DNA database on the case to find the father or the child itself? Today, our first guest speaker will be Sir Alec Jeffries to give us his opinion on the DNA database and inform us about DNA profiling. Hi, Alec Jeffries. Welcome to the show. Let's start with a brief question. I understand that you developed a technology in 1984. Yes, I'm delighted to be on the show. I developed DNA fingerprinting, or profiling as I prefer to call it, in 1984 at the Leicester University in the United Kingdom. Basically, it samples our DNA so that forensic scientists are able to compare that DNA to the DNA found at any given crime scene. Based on that, how helpful was the DNA database system in taking your piece of technology and allowing your results to be stored in a system? I believe the first DNA database was established in the United Kingdom, April 10, 1955. The DNA database is an enormously powerful tool in the fight against crime. It has proved to be reasonably more accurate than estimated. I think that really enhances the technology of DNA profiling and by storing all of the samples. There are currently 12 million plus people, many criminals, hooked up into the database worldwide. And simply by looking up your DNA on the database, you'll find your prime suspect in around mm, 53 to 54% of cases. In Scotland, it's 68%. Sometimes you get your DNA, and you could easily, essentially, solve the case on the spot. Most of the people on the system are criminals due to the fact that most criminals get a DNA sample when they are convicted of a crime for future reference in case they are involved in another crime. Well, thank you for your time on the show, Sir Alec Jeffries. It was nice to hear your opinion on the situation. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. So that is basically what the DNA database is all about. It allows forensic scientists to be assisted in matching DNA from a crime scene to the DNA of a suspect. The database is around the globe, so if someone is a suspect but not picked up on the Australian system, Australia can ask another country, for example, the United Kingdom, to essentially check their database system with the DNA sample from the crime scene, which allows the technology to be used globally. Based on the statistics and information that Sir Alec Jeffries has provided us, I had a few questions for Dr. Bruce Weir, who I managed to get a hold of, so he'll be our next guest speaker. Hi, Dr. Weir. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let's get right into it. First question, what is one of the main implications of DNA profiling through the and using the DNA database? Okay, well, DNA profiling characterises a small part of our DNA. The idea of it is that it shows us the unique sample of an individual's DNA. However, the accuracy can be affected by the fact that it is a small sample of one's DNA. This means that because it is such a small sample of DNA, it isn't as unique, which tends to be the reason why the database has 
a 53 to 54% accuracy rather than a 100% accuracy. But the percentage is still reasonably high considering the small samples of DNA being taken by the DNA profiling. And the last question is, the media was skeptical about a debate in the industry about the accuracy of the database during investigations. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion in this situation? I believe that there is no such debate. The published peer-reviewed papers are overwhelmingly in favour of this technology and the protocols and analytic methods used. Much of the current debate has been outside of the scientific lecture, so I believe that the media has made that up to dramatise the current situation. Thank you for your time, Dr Bruce Weir. You're very welcome. And to link the Kelly Lane case with DNA profiling and DNA testing, we have tracked down an idea suggested about DNA testing. On September 16, 1998, DET Chief Superintendent Robert Taylor of the Elite National Crime Squad said, A DNA sample should be taken from every baby at birth to help solve cases in future or to find any illnesses as soon as possible. However, this never actually went ahead. If baby Tegan was tested at birth and then added to the database again when she was older, for one reason or another, detectives would have made the link between the two 100% de identical DNA samples. However, it was an invasion of privacy for most of the population, which is totally understandable. Thank you for watching. If you would like to listen to the rest of this podcast, download the Carlton Input app for only $3. The last three weeks have been some of the best podcasts recorded. Thank you to the ABC Exposed for sponsoring this week's podcast.